Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to a brand new episode of Project Progress. We're trying to get progress on all phases of life. Uh, I just spoke about how I want to focus on using just one language, the predominant language that I'm having in my Urdu segment. So I'm, I'm really trying and I'm struggling at the moment with that. Um, I end up using English words and then I'm trying to find an, uh, an alternative Urdu word for it. So that's, uh, that's something that I'm struggling with and I'm sharing my journey of progress um, with you about that. Uh, regarding my English uh, segments, I want to be a free flow talker, so I'm going to try and not re-record when I mess up. So you're going to hear a lot of mess ups and a lot of ums and ahs. But hey, come on, we're trying to make progress together. And another thing that I want to make progress with is um, talking with ebbs and flows, speaking a lot more naturally. Right now, um, I'm trying to pronounce everything make everything sound really natural because in real life in actual i'm kind of a little bit monotone so that's something that nobody wants to hear so so um we that, that's three targets till now and then a fourth target is that i want to improve my pronunciation um, i speak a little bit lightly so a lot of times I'm misheard. So um, these are four things that I'm trying to make progress with. And you are with me on this journey. The first is uh, speaking only in Urdu. When I'm speaking in Urdu without mixing English words, that's what I'm going to try and achieve in my Urdu reading segment when I comment on what I'm reading. And then my second goal is uh, to... Uh, speak free-flowing and speak um, um, see this is what I want to avoid the ums and the thinking and I want to be better at articulating my thoughts okay so uh, that's number two and then number three is speaking naturally without monotone and then number four is um, speaking uh, in a way that I am heard correctly, um, I have uh, maybe I might have to speak a bit louder and pronounce everything by enunciating things so things are pronounced right. Uh, so let's see how these four goals go. Okay, now talking a little bit about our segment, uh, we started the Urdu reading segment and the English reading segment together, but I think the Urdu reading segment is getting a bit of more momentum. Okay, now that's bad grammar. What should I have said? I'm not going to correct it. Like I said, I'm not going to re-record that set part. Uh, that sentence should have been... Um, I have a bit of a momentum going on my Urdu reading podcast, mashallah. I hope it doesn't get the evil eye. And then uh, the English reading segment, I guess I didn't like the, the book, the, the starting of the book. So I'm not really motivated in reading this. Let's continue with this book for a few days and see how it goes. And um, a few more episodes of this book. And if it doesn't really work out, we might switch the book. But let's try and get a bit more consistent with our English reading segment. Okay, that's a lot of talk till now. 
let's continue our reading uh, we were reading the book speeches that changed the world and we were on page 18 uh, we have a very interesting speech and uh, actually i'm excited so i wanted to switch the book in this episode but when i saw that this is the next essay i thought okay let's give it a few more days so the this essay is quite relevant to our times now uh, we have the black lives matter movement going on there's a lot of conversation going on about racism and uh, acceptance of all people regardless of their color regardless of uh, how they speak how they dress So this is uh, a speech uh, by Mary Church Terrell and uh, it's called Being Colored in the Nation's Capital Speech to United Women's Club Washington DC 10th of October 1906 Let's start reading The Life of Mary Church Terrell 1863 to 1954 bridged an expanse of history from the emancipation of the slaves in the in the American Civil War 1861 to 65 to the US Supreme Court decision to end segregation in schools Brown versus Board of Education 1954 Terrell spent her life at the forefront of the fight for civil rights in 1884 she was the first African American woman to earn a college degree and later studied education in Europe for 2 years A high school teacher and principal, she became the first black woman in America to be appointed at an education to an education board district of Columbia. Well, the district of Columbia takes that one. Uh okay. That's a random comment. Um I shouldn't have made let's just try and make progressive comments from now on reading on as the first president of the National Association of Colored Women Mary Church Terrell spoke out in support of women's suffrage and an end to racial segregation in October 1906 Terrell addressed the women's the United Women's Club in Washington DC about the discrimination faced by black women because of both their race and their gender Terrell's speech is considered to be one of the most influential speeches on race in the 20th century and uh, here we go on in about the speech Washington DC has been called the colored man's paradise whether this Sobriquet was given to the national capital in bitter irony by a member of the handicapped race as he reviewed some of his own persecu- persecutions and rebuffs or whether it was given immediately after the war by an ex-slave holder who for the first time in his life saw colored people walking about like free men minus the overseer and his whip history says not It is certain that it would be difficult to find a worse misnomer for Washington than the colored man's paradise. If <clears throat> if so prosaic a consideration as veracity is to determine the appropriateness of a name, for 15 years I have resided in Washington and while it was far from being a paradise for colored people, when I first touched these shores it has been doing its level best ever since to make conditions for us 
intolerable. As a colored woman, I might enter Washington any night, a stranger in a strange land, and walk miles without finding a place to lay my head. Unless I happen to know colored people who live here or ran across a chance acquaintance who could recommend a colored boarding house to me, I should be obliged to spend the entire night wandering about Indians, Chinamen, Filipinos, Japanese, and representatives of any other dark race can be can find hotel accommodations if they can pay for them. The colored man is alone. The colored man alone is thirst out of the hotels of the national capital, like a leper. As a colored woman, I cannot visit the tomb of the father of this country, which owes its very existence to the love of freedom in the human heart, and which stands for equal opportunity. Opportunity to all without being forced to sit in the Jim Crow section of an electric car which starts from the very heart of the city midway between the Capitol and the White House. If I refuse thus to be humiliated, I am cast into jail and forced to pay a fine for violating the Virginia laws. As a colored woman, I may enter more than one white church in Washington without receiving that welcome, which as human being I have a right to expect in the sanctuary of God. Sometimes the color blindness of the usher takes on that peculiar form which prevents a dark face from making any impression whatsoever upon his retina so that it is impossible for him to see colored people at all. If he is not so afflicted after keeping a colored man or woman waiting a long time, he will ungraciously show these dusky Christians who have had the temerity to thirst themselves into a temple where only the fair of face are expected to worship God to a seat in the rear which is named in the honor of a certain personage well known in this country and commonly called Jim Crow. <clears throat> Unless I am willing to... That was a bit of a disruption. Um, we're keeping things natural and then I'm not re-recording and I'm not editing it out. I just got a call from my mom. Uh, come on, that happens a lot to us, don't, doesn't it? <laughs> so, taking my mom's love and in um, my heart and taking converting it to positive energy. Let's continue on with this podcast. Um, this we were reading the speech of Mary Church Terrell about being colored in the nation's capital and these are such eye-opening things I mean we talk about racism but she kind of explains it she kind of opens it up what it's like to be discriminated against and it's giving me chills so uh, let's continue reading we're on page 20 for the people who are following us on the book we're right on top of the page. Let's start reading it together. Unless I'm willing to engage in a few menial occupations in which the pay for my service would be very poor, there is no way for me to earn an honest living if I am not a trained nurse 
or a dressmaker or can secure a position as a teacher in the public schools, which is exceedingly difficult to do, it matters not what my intellectual attainments may be or how great is the need of the services of a competent, competent person. If I try to enter many of the numerous vocations in which my white sisters are all allowed to engage, the door is shut in my face. It's so nice that she calls the white people her sister. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have that kind of friendliness towards people who discriminate against me. Well, let's continue on reading. From one Washington theater, I'm excluded altogether. After explaining that, in some of the theaters, colored nurses were allowed to sit with the white children for whom they cared. This ticket seller told me that in Washington, it, is, it was a very poor policy to employ colored nurses for they were excluded from many places where white girls would be allowed to take children for pleasure. If I possess artistic talent, there is not a single art school of repute which will admit me. A few years ago, a colored woman who possessed great talent submitted some drawings to the Corcoran Art School of Washington, which were accepted by the Committee of Awards, who sent her a ticket entitling her to a course in the school. But when the committee discovered that the young woman was colored, they declined to admit her and told her that if they had suspected that her drawings had been made by a colored woman, they would not have examined them at all. With the exception of the Catholic University, there is no single white college in the national capital to which colored people are admitted. No matter how great their ability, how lofty their ambition, how unexceptionable their character, or how great their thirst for knowledge may be. A few years ago, the Columbian Law School in Washington admitted colored students, but in deterrence, in deference to the southern white students, the authorities have decided to exclude them altogether. I might go on citing instance after instance to show the variety of ways in which our people are sacrificed to the altar of prejudice in the capital of the United States and how almost in insurmountable are the obstacles which block our paths to success. Early in life in many Early in life, many a colored youth is so appalled by the helplessness and the hopelessness of the situation in the country that, in a sort of stoical despair, he resigns himself to his fate. What is the good of our trying to acquire an education? We can't all be preachers, teachers, doctors, and lawyers. Besides those professions, there is almost nothing for colored people to do but engage in the most menial occupation, and we do not need an education for that. More than once, such remarks uttered by young men and women in our public schools who possess brilliant intellects have wrung my heart. This chapter gives me the chills, man. I mean, equal, we talk of equal opportunity here in Pakistan, and... Uh, I mean, we don't have such stark discrimination, but we have it to come on. Discrimination is everywhere. But this thing where people with potential kind of ca encapsulate themselves, put boundaries around what they can achieve. God, this is this is some this is this has hit home. This is a thing that is so close to my heart and I talk about it a lot. But here, seeing what is the root cause of people saying they can't do what they have potential for, 
God, okay. There might be many other reasons, but, you know, I'm a big advocate of self-love and and come... I'm just rambling now. I'll just continue reading. It is impossible for any white person in the United States, no matter how sympathetic and broad-minded, to realize what life would mean to him if his incentive to effort was were suddenly snatched away to the lack of incentive to effort which is the awful shadow under which we live may be traced the wreck and ruin of scores of colored youth and surely nowhere in the world do oppression and persecution based solely on the color of skin appear more hateful and hideous than in the capital of the united states because the chasm between the principles upon which this government was founded, in which it still professes its belief, and those which are daily practiced under the protection of the flag yawn so wide and deep. The fact that church Terrell's speech was delivered in the national capital in the center of American democracy contrasted the ideals of the country's founding fathers with the realities experienced by many of the city's minorities. Martin Luther King exposed the same paradox 57 years later when he delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorials. Uh, that speech is also listed in the book. We'll get to it. In 1953, a year before her death at 91, Mary Church Terrell led a campaign to end the segregation of public facilities in Washington, D.C. So that's that. And um, it's quite a self-explanatory speech. I've been talking about my feelings throughout it. I've been commenting and uh, my final comment would be um, it's so, so, so sad that these things, uh, this speech that was from 1906, it's been more than 100 years and we're still dealing with these issues and we need to open up our hearts and just make this place livable for everyone. Um, I've been on the receiving end of racism, and it's really harsh. It gets to you. It's the, the the negativity stays with you for years and decades, and and that's so sad. What can we do to to make? Racism, I mean, people have been talking about it. They they teach their children at a young age about respecting humans, no matter who they are or what color they are, what how they look, how they speak. That's one thing. But there are so many hidden forms of racism in our mannerism, in the way we speak, uh, in who we choose to be with, who we choose to spend our time with. I mean, just being a good listener. I think being a good listener to those who have faced racism is a starting point. It's a good place to start. What else? I mean, how can we reduce racism? If we're in a position of power, I mean, we'd 
we take our decisions unbiased that's that's a no-brainer what else okay let me consider my own life I mean there's a difference of ability sometimes because um, in my workplace there are a lot of people who come from a rural background and there are a lot of people who come from an urban background and and I feel even I can be a little bit you know there's a difference in the ability of the work they do the quality of the work they do and that is what drives me to choose someone with an urban background rather than a rural background but if we see they don't have equal opportunities so okay so for me providing equal opportunities is a really really good place that will have the most impact providing we kind of talk in about not discriminating when it comes to when it comes to jobs when it comes to what about the education what about the the development opportunities provided to minorities i mean um, in this podcast we talk about progress so having ngos we're starting a campaign where we could provide one-to-one counseling to people of minorities. I kind of remember that book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and there, uh, and I've seen that a lot, I've seen it a lot, that a lot of rich people, their children, a lot of uh, people who come from um affluent backgrounds they're really good at managing their money conducting themselves while those which come from humble beginnings uh, they kind of have to learn everything the way along the way and that's like an obstacle an extra obstacle that they have to get by that they have to cross before they're at equal terms I remember this video uh, called, um, uh, this guy made this video about privilege. He had all people stand in a line uh, and, and they were supposed to race. So he goes, okay, now all those who have a college degree, step two, ste- take, take 10 steps forward. Okay, all those uh, who um, were jailed or they take uh, four steps backwards, all those who've who have had uh, divorced parents take two steps backwards. So in this way, even before the race started, there were people who were ahead because of things that were not in their control. Because of and and some people were behind again because of those things that were not in their own hands. So life hands us a deck of cards, and it may be. And our cards may have anything in them. They might have something really positive or they might have something limiting us. But we have to live our life by those, with those cards. Uh, and, um, and so when the race started, there were quite a few who were quite ahead and there were quite a few who were quite behind. And that's how life is. Um, 
we get a lot of privilege um, based on not our own abilities, but something that maybe our parents strive for, maybe we inherited, something that God gave us. But, you know, we have to succeed. We have to get progress in our life no matter what. And even if we are behind, we need to find ways to overcome that. And providing equal opportunity is is something that we can do for others, that we can do for others. We can... Okay, so this is a broad term of providing equal opportunity, but in practical terms, like I said, we can provide one-to-one counseling, we can visit schools and uh, kind of provide resources, build libraries, uh, have a program where... You know, an evening fun program where kids can play basketball and talk about different stuff that that might open their minds towards progress, have field trips. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot that we can do against discrimination. Uh, equal opportunity is something that has... Mm, that has been close to my heart because for a while and and that's uh, and I kind of see actions against um, discrimination from that standpoint and um, if there's any other avenue that you think we can decrease discrimination we can eliminate discrimination within ourselves within our communities do comment below I don't and you can email as well um with this we end this episode uh, until next time um may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring progress to all of our lives <laughs>